Hello and welcome to episode 120 of Start the Beat with Sykes. I am Sykes and this is my podcast. Now before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode with Derek and Trevor of the band Choir. If you're one of the people who listened to that conversation, I hope you enjoyed it and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. Today on the show, we have an old friend of mine, AJ from Save Us From The Archon. For those of you that don't know AJ or Save Us From The Archon, they are a four-piece instrumental band from Pittsburgh, PA, who in the past couple years have taken off and been doing their thing. They've toured all over the country several times. They are on a label now. They have a record that has been released. They are working on a new album now. And I had AJ as well as Nelson from Save Us From The Archon on the show when things were just starting to kind of take off for them. So... AJ wanted to come back, and basically, if you've never listened to the show before, this is what I do. I just sit down with creative people and talk about the stuff that makes their brains work. I had an awesome conversation with AJ. I've known the dude for a long time, and it's always awesome to catch up. So yeah, let's just get into the conversation. Sit back, relax, and let's start the motherfucking beat! We're good. Two and a half years almost. How's it going? Yeah. It's live. We're on. Not it's live, but we're on. We're on. We're on. It's on. We back. Fucking AJ. Two. It's been two and a half and... years since we were on this. Yep. It's probably been, well, two and a half, make it clear. Two and a half years since you were on the show last. Yes. Um, I don't even know if I saw you very much in between... We've then definitely and now. caught up in Southside a couple times. Yeah, I think I might have the, caught you at a show or something it's like actually, that. We were saying something about that the other day is every time we go to Southside, we see you. And so every time <laughs> we've been in the city, you've actually caught up with us. That's That's been every time we've came into the city. Okay. Because I usually avoid the city at all costs. Yeah. Uh, well, we're kind of holed up in Turtle Creek at our mm-hmm. house. And we just, I, I twice a week, I'll leave the house. This counts as one of them. So I have one more this week. Don't know what I'm going to do. Might not even use it. I really don't like to leave the house anymore. Yeah. It's well, you know, like, I don't live in the south side anymore, so there's a good chance that if you are in the south side next time, you will not run into me. That's We we always counted on it. We loved it. <laughs> that was that was our thing. <laughs> I was just saying, I was asking Nelson if he wanted to come back, and he was, he was too busy, but he gave me my blessing. But he does wish he was here. But We miss you, Nelson. Well, I miss you. I don't we, see him every day. <laughs> <laughs> We both wish you were here. So sick of you, Nelson. But I so, love you so for anyone who somehow like missed the introduction that I'm going to record or doesn't know who you are, you play guitar in a band called... Save Us From The Archon. Yes. And in the past two and a half years, 
Some things have changed for Save Us from the Archon. We've had ups, we've had downs, been here, been there. It's uh, Yeah, since the last time we did ours, um, we've done a lot of stuff, actually, since that episode. Um, we signed to a major record label. We've toured the country about, I think, f- five or six times since we did our last one. Um, I know a lot, m- lot more people now. But I get jazzed. I get excited now. Yeah. Uh, genuinely about music versus um, back like two years ago when we did it, we were still... Um, so we're still very DIY, but it's now it's actually for the first time ever we get paid, which is the weirdest thing in sensation in the universe to uh, <laughs> to make to make something and know that a actually people might hear it this time, and then b I'm gonna get a check for it either way, which I've never had to deal with um, up until the last full length we did with Tragic Hero Records, uh, and that was a Cleese, and um, it's not my favorite record. I'm more excited about the new one we have coming out. Because uh, the last one we kind of pushed out of the studio, it was the label came to us and they were like, "We want to sign you, but we want to have a de- we want to have a record to release too." So I, I the last record I wrote and recorded in under a month, which is just I didn't spend enough time. Well, on you it, know what but. I mean. Again, for those of anybody that doesn't that don't know, you know, me and you, we've we've we have a history. We've been at it for a while. Yeah, we've we have a history as individual musicians and as. Joined musicians. Exactly. We played in a band together. What's and left I, of her? Yes. And I know that you are just the type of person that's never fucking happy with anything you do. So. <laughs> that's very, very true. That's even, <laughs> even for me. The, the next one I'm much more excited about. It's um, Yeah, but let me talk to you one month after that's done. You'll be like, oh, the next thing's going to be better. <laughs> Hopefully not. I've spent, <laughs> I've spent a lot of time in my basement listening back and forth and notes and you know, the, the creative process can yeah. be undefinable and so awful to get through. It's At some point it comes, you can write. Um, actually, all the songs I did for the new one, I, I had this writing streak of we got off the road with, um, we were touring with Intervals and Pliny, um, and I got back off the road, and they're like really good at guitar. So when I got, when I got back, I was, I've never been like inspired once I got back off of the road. I've always been very tired or like, fuck, fuck music for like two months. I can't do it anymore. And um, it had the opposite effect when I toured with um, Pliny and Aaron Marshall, and they were they're just so off the wall with their guitar work and stuff. I I had to go home and be like, all right, what am I doing? What what can I do differently? Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. So like at the, I'm trying to figure out like how we can ground this conversation. Like where where the fuck should we start oh. talking about shit? Because like I said, I mean it's been like you know a couple years since we really caught up. And, like, I don't want to get into, like, all of the, like, what's it like being signed? What's it like being <laughs> on the road? Blah, 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 blah. You could ask. But, like, who fuck cares about that? I feel like. I mean, some people might care. But, like, I'm not interested in that. And this is my show. So. Hell, yeah. You. What I guess it. I'm more interested in, the first thing would be, how has your creative process changed over the past couple years uh, where you've maybe had more time to focus on being creative versus, you know, in the past where you're juggling other bullshit and you're only being only able to be creative at like certain times of the day. Uh, I still do all of my anything writing, anything creative at night. So first of all, the sun has to go down and then I usually... (laughs) And then I usually have to be in in my basement. Um, I can't have like I can't have others over. I can't have like a girl over, or friends around. I have to um, just get in your zone. Dude, I'm the same. I don't know even know what the fuck it is. Like, even if like somebody's in the house, 
even if like, like even if yeah. my roommate's here, like he he's upstairs. I never fucking see him. If you can hear them, but you, yeah, like if I hear like a footstep, it like fucks with me. It intrudes with you because it's you need so that, weird. You need that consciousness. What is that? It's it's just that creative conscious where you want to. At least for me, I have to. I obviously write on guitar. We write in Guitar Pro still, but everything I write comes from, a, like, I'll play a chord I like, and I'm like, all right, I'm just going to shred on top of that or make so, a legato run, but... Pause. You still do Guitar Pro. I so, love like, Guitar So, you're still, pro. like, writing the same way as, like, what's left of her days? Oh, yes, like, um... That's fucking yeah, we insane. Still, oh, I love Guitar Pro. It's fantastic. <laughs> we, uh, I'm a big fan of the chronic, as you know, and a plethora of other... Uh, prescription and non-prescription drugs. So I do like to get, uh, I, I like I like to get impaired when I write. I'm always, I'm always high. and Guitar Pro allows me to um to dictate my thoughts to where I don't have to, I don't have to struggle like what did I just play or like what did I? It's there. Sure. I can play something, forget it, and it's still there. I mean that's really similar to how I am when I'm you know sequencing beats and things like that. Yeah, you record them first and you have yeah. them. And, and then you could change it from exactly. there. Exactly, and then you work off them. So you do the same thing in the studio as I do in Guitar Pro. I don't, I don't have a studio, and Elson has it uh, upstairs on his computer because we still record everything. So basically, the process is exactly the same. It's just if um, it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right? I have just started. Uh, I've started making an effort recently on the on the next record that's coming out. I did make a conscious effort to um, repeat parts less. Uh, because I had more time to actually write more parts. I didn't have to um, like rehash a riff or two. And um, I've actually been interviewed a lot about the writing process. Usually I've done like 100 interviews this year. And every single time we get to like, uh, how do you write that? And I'm always like, I started, I started to actually just give people the answer that is what I do. And as I sit in my basement, I open Guitar Pro 5, I write a riff. I do not make that bar repeat until 32 bars. I go back on those 32 bars, grab two bars that I like, throw them in, splice the time signature in half, go from there, add a new part, and about four sequences of that later. And that's what I tell people now because I still know it's that same, like, oh, okay, sweet. They don't understand a word I say. But um, that's... <laughs> That is the way I do it, is I'll write about 32 bars out, which is like 20 seconds of music, and then I'll go back and grab something, a theme that I like, and then I'll just spring it back and splice it together. I like to edit time signatures still. I really still like doing that, but just because um, it's a, it, uh, it could take a riff you have already, and you could put a different light on it. it you switch the rhythm around, and, it, and it'll change it completely and still in the context of the song, but just a little cut up. I was thinking it's actually really funny because um, I know this room that you're in looks really put together. Looks amazing. I just like recently kind of like did a lot of unpacking and uh, I recently found this. Oh, <laughs> Brian has a copy of my 14 year old acoustic project entitled On a Night You Don't Sleep that was released <laughs> from Pink Telephone Records. That's Brian's. That was Brian's old uh, label. Yes. And also a credit to Teak's DNA Park, which is David Bergman's. Uh-huh. Uh, Shout he recorded out to everything. Bergman. And by the way, t- uh, that Teak's DNA Park backwards is crap and skeet. And yes. he very purposely did that. And I wanted to. <laughs> and I was mother's listening because even back then when we were 15, I was like, that's. Okay. Dude, it's wild. Like, I was like just going through this and I found this and I was like, holy shit. That is insane. I still have two copies <laughs> shrink wrapped in my room that I'm holding on to in case I like. <laughs> In case I hit it big and then I'm a eBay those babies. Oh, I'm gonna hold on to this one. I might have you sign it before you leave. <laughs> <laughs> I 
but will not. <laughs> in in all seriousness, you know, like again, this like really speaks to you know how long me and you have known each other. We've never given up music. We and have this not was stopped. is there a year on this? Two thousand eight. This is yep. nine years ago. This nine is years almost ago. a decade old. Yeah, I'm s- we're still at it, both yeah. of us, which takes more. I, I honestly, because, um, you know, the more time goes on, the harder it gets. You run out of, you, I, at least I start running out of ideas more. It's I mean, just, it beats you into the ground. It takes a certain amount of um, resilience to be in the music industry. It's it's an awful industry. It's hands down the worst uh, business-wise, th- numbers-wise, like money-wise. It's... Um, it's absolutely sickening to me personally, coming from this DIY background and everything. I feel like the movie industry might be a little worse. I, probably. But I've given up on films. Like I love, <laughs> There's nothing I love more than film. I mean, uh, film is much higher of an art form than music. And that's right. I said it. I will admit, I do music. I love music. I wish well, I was a director. Well, I think so film bad. caters to more of the senses. It Film encompasses every art. And this is something I... I always bash into people's brain it's like you could love an album but a movie could literally have that album as the background with with more with more imagery think it's of, just it encompasses everything think of how many songs that you've learned about through a movie exactly it's just i love film more i would rather be in there not in the uh not in the industry per se um still really loathe the music industry i've, I've personally over the past two years grown this like Terrible, terrible feeling towards it, and it's um, it comes from having to work a lot in it, and um, we never used to have to deal with like um things like uh, managers or um labels, and I love my managers and I love my label, but it's it's the stuff you never have to think about when you're DIY. You can you can make a record, um, for example, and you could you could have whatever album artwork, you could put whatever video you want, you could um you you have a hundred percent creative control, and then uh. The more people you get involved with that, the more um, like laid, Tragic Hero has been amazing to us in the sense that they have never, ever told me what to do. And I love that. I absolutely love that. They've let me creatively run it whatever I want to do, which is real weird because the last album I purposefully made, anti, and not establishment, but it was black and white. It didn't have uh, any words on the cover, stuff like that. Yeah. It usually tends to freak record labels out. Nobody thinks about that, but... um. From a from an industry standpoint, if you make an album without your name on it, with no words on it, it's basically dead. No, anyone who looks at that is not going to know what that yeah. is. Well, I did the same thing. <laughs> I, I, I've done it every time, and I love it. It's an artistic statement, and we get it. The money people, they don't get it. They don't look at it like that. They only see like, well, no one, you're not going to grow if nobody sees your name on the color. How are you going to? spread it? And I'm like, well, that's not the point. But that's the difference between the artist side and the business side. Is yeah. They want to see. They want to see how many people can you pull in, and um, as an artist, all you want to do is make your art. Yeah, and exactly. Exactly. It's a different. So from that aspect, we now have to um, fulfill different angles. Like um, I actually I do all of our video stuff um, once again because I love film and I, I just I love it. So I shoot all our videos, and um, I recently did one. Uh, that I worked very hard on, like a week on, took a week of my time, say, and um, I sent it to our managers to um, okay it before we released it, and they didn't like it, which is um, the first time I've had to deal with something like that, something okay. I've worked on, and you know, like put my soul into, and blah blah blah, yeah. and just to have someone, and I understand completely where they're coming from, said it wasn't competitive enough. I totally get that. Wasn't from competitive enough. Competitive enough. Fuck. And I love my managers, but I w- I was very hurt by that, and that's just stuff you have to. 
that's just stuff you have to move past. You have to move past that inner hurt of like, oh, like I would have liked it. I'm sure my fans would have liked it. But if the management doesn't like it, I literally can't release it. I, I've lost control of mm-hmm. that aspect. And it's, it's stuff like that like eats me apart more than like people taking 10% or 15% of this or that. Yeah. It's, it's that, that was one thing that really, but I get it. Like I, I didn't even fight with them. I was like, all right, you guys are right. And cause I'm sure ultimately in the end they are because managers, they want to make, they want to make the money. So, and I, I kind of at this point want to too. So that's why I wasn't complete. I didn't rage or anything, even though I wanted to, I wanted to lash out, but I, once again, love them, respect their opinion. So I was just like, all right, cool. We'll veto it. That's yeah. It's definitely a balance of trying to figure out like when their opinion is valid. I mean, you're not always going to be right, especially if you have this like high art idea. I have the same fucking problem. Nobody likes that. (laughs) And I have this issue too, because like I have a manager with Sykes Mm -hmm. and trying to get on board. It's, always really weird because we have two very different perspectives exactly. so you know exactly coming from, where I'm coming from exactly we're coming from two different angles you know it's mm-hmm. just like i just want to create the stuff that i think is cool exactly and i don't give a fuck if anybody else likes it exactly but that's not what your manager yeah, wants they, to hear they know they want, well they want to hear is this is gonna sell bank loads yeah. and we're gonna we're gonna meet this person and we're gonna get on this plug and it's it's all about who you know now i've realized and it's about like Different connects and um the, oh, yeah the the quality, the quality and the talent of your actual art is a little low on the pedestal compared to everything else. Yeah, it's like how it how you play the game and how again that competitive word like how I hate you hate it weave in with all of that. It's yeah, I, and I can't uh, even imagine like what that is like coming from some like. Save us from the Archon is not the most commercially digestible Thank music. Thank you. We're weird. And like, <laughs> so you think you like... would understand that, but it, <laughs> see, their goal is, and I totally get this, is to make it more commercial because there is like a whole instrumental rise of music bands like uh, Polyphia, uh, Pliny, uh, Chon, for example, have really blown up in the past like year and a half. They're like Animals as Leaders, the big one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm actually friends with the Animals as Leaders guy. Their whole crew is amazing. Um, their photographer, Randy Edwards, he's going to do our our next album cover, for example. Um, so the, the people so, I work with, are re- I love them. They're but the best in the industry. It seems I like a them. lot of that visual control is getting pulled away from you. It is, but Randy Edwards, <laughs> LLC, <laughs> is is such a beautiful soul i that's what i was about to say is i'm so blessed with the people i do know in the industry that i've um that i don't have to deal with a lot of that it's like i said just a little stuff from an artist perspective that would bother me but um I've, we've really lucked out we know a lot of good people uh our booking agent is donovan from hail the sun and he's been absolutely amazing to us, our manager, um, Brett and Travis, uh, Travis from, from First to Last, and Brett from The Human Abstract. And then we have Tragic Hero behind us now, which is, the label's nice. I really like the label. They've, um, they never bother us about anything. They don't give us deadlines. They don't um, request money from us or anything. It's a very, it's a great relationship we've had with it. So it could be a lot worse. I really love the people I work with. Um, it's just different from when we were DIY and I could make an album and I could release it whenever I wanted to and I didn't have to have like a partner to stream it or all the, the, the business aspect or no one has to take their 10% or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I'm still okay with all that because I am for like progression. You definitely got to get to the top somehow. Let me, that, dude, but. that's kind of the problem where I'm at. Like 
you know, like I have a manager, but you know, I know that my manager's not going to listen to this, so it's fine. Manager doesn't really do a whole lot for me, mm-hmm. so for the most part, I'm still like focusing so much on twenty different things that it's a very slow process forward. You know what I mean? When you yeah. don't have other people like taking care of like working on uh sending stuff to press or like who is oh, yeah. working on like getting your album manufactured, talking to record pressing oh, plants, all that shit. shit. Like all that shit. It's oh, like I'm doing all of that on top of like booking shows. You still all your on, distribution? Yeah. Oh my god. On top I of booking feel shows. Feel for you. Oh my god. On top of trying to just even getting down to the point of like trying to write the music and record it because I still write and self record. You're still so, DIY 100 yeah. percent is what that sounds exactly. like to me. I am. Which is you know, amazing. And it's so hard to do. It's cool, but like I don't want to do this, you know, but it's like so hard finding I just haven't got to that point yet of finding the right people who want to help. Exactly. And, and that's who you fine. trust in your know. Yeah, yeah. It's like I can do this, but it's just the thing that sucks about it is that it is so slow. Yeah. Because in order to make sure every little thing is being done right, you got to take that extra bit of time. You have to be there. You have to yeah. do it all yourself. So it's just like slow. <laughs> Even I feel I mean? that way, though, sometimes. Even with my stuff, I've, um, because we haven't toured for about two months now and I'm getting pretty antsy to get back on the road and stuff. And um, we purposely had to. Stop touring to record the next record, but I am getting like antsy about it again. Um, so we're gonna try to hook something up for June, but um, they, we we still keep all of our uh, channels separately. Is is another thing we've done. Um, we have a separate booking agent, separate. The label does all that distribution stuff that I absolutely hate. That you're saint for still doing. I don't know how the fuck you do that. Well, but, I kind of lucked out because I my day job now is for an independent label. Really? Yeah. Um, so like I manage like graphic design, screen printing at yeah. an independent label. That's like, that's my awesome. day job now. So I've like, you melded it into your art. Yes. That's fucking awesome. So that's like, what, that's so what I can't do. I my can't daily do hustle is still involved in the, you know, the, the fight for independent music. Yeah. And that's which rad. is great. You tied them in together. But, you know, I can't help, but like, say like, I am like shipping out an order or printing a t-shirt. And I'm like, why isn't this my record? Why isn't this my shirt? You know, like, why am I helping other people? I should be doing this myself, you know, like, not to be selfish, but you know, sometimes like, you have to be selfish. The world, the world is a cold place. If you're not a, I I had this conversation a couple (laughs) days ago. If you're not a giant dickhead, and this can be construed as confidence, you could call it confidence. See other people look at it and say, he's an asshole. If you don't have that though, you're not going to make it that far. You need yeah. to, it, and that's another part of uh, another million reasons why I hate the music industry is that you have to be a certain way to get ahead. You have to step over people or you have to, like if we were to take a tour offer, if we took like, we could literally grab tour offers from other bands by just wanting a lower guarantee. We could do stuff like that. Um, that's with all the booking agency network and stuff. We've been trying to actually up our um, per diem. So we, we've been turning down a lot of tours. Like we had a, uh, our agent offered us a tour with Soulfly, Soulfly's guitarist solo project or something. <laughs> and is it when you like get offered stuff like that, you can just be like, ah, now nah, we're good, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, just, just no. But it's good to have the offers. I still like offers and stuff like, which is nice. Um, once again, it's because they want their ten percent though. So it's it's once again hard to tell whether anyone working for you really cares about your stuff or if they just want their ten percent. Dude, it's like 
It's like the bigger version of like, does this promoter really care about you or do they just want you to sell 50 oh, yeah. tickets to play this bullshit exactly. show? Exactly. It's that on a massive scale. It's the promoter, <laughs> but he's booked 30 shows across the nation and he and that, that stuff gets complicated. I could never do that. I don't want to do that stuff. That's why, once again, love, respect, and love the shit out of my managers and booking agents. They're... Uh, They've. I'm strictly now. I'm in a position where I make the music. I send it to my label. They send me a check, and then I tour and I just make money. That's, that sounds fantastic. That's where I know it. It sounds that way, but I still don't. I'm sure it's still hard though. At our level, it is. There's different. Le- like you've mentioned, animals as leaders. They now tour in a um because I know them and I know the, their whole crew. They they, they tour in. Uh, they're above bandwagon eights, which is they're into the above that. A bandwagon eight costs forty thousand dollars for a month. By the way. To rent, and they're on the next level of bus, which I don't even know the name of. I can't even grasp the name of that bus, but that's where they're at right now. We still come from a. Every time we tour, we still take our old 1996 uh, Astro van and no trailer. Honestly, we still try to gear share as much as we can, um, and I like that. It's just the sometimes like uh, sometimes with like last tour with intervals, we got st- uh, we we're in Canada. It was really snowy, and we couldn't drive out of it, so we got stuck in this, uh, like, Quebec City and had to hang out at this Tim Hortons, which is so cliche. <laughs> but we were at this Tim Hortons for, like, five, six hours just hanging out. Like, literally, yeah. blow, I was blow-drying my feet because they were so frozen because I fell asleep in the van and woke up, and they were all in there, and I was like, oh, my God. So stuff like that. I still, I still like doing stuff like that just because I'm a punk piece of shit. I enjoy cramming myself into a van and sleeping in a totally. shotgun seat. I, I like that, but it's, it's not for everyone. And it's not, um, you have to be at this level, this low level of um, touring we're at. You have to, um, you just got to do stuff like that. Like I've hung out on like uh, Intervals and Pliny's Bandwagon 8 tour bus. They, those guys are amazing. We toured with them for a month straight and I love no one on earth more than those people because they would let us come into their like tour van every day <laughs> and they would have hot cups of coffee because they had a coffee maker in there and a flat screen that was like, you know, there's eight beds and stuff. And um, they were so nice and they would let us hang out there and stuff and just amazing people like i'd love doing stuff like i like meeting people like that like um like plenty i'd listened to his music even before we toured with him and um it's been really great to meet people like that people i look up to and who actually legitimately inspire me when i'm on the road that's always fun uh and it's nice to make a dime out we just started making money which is so hard and that's why once again i give you mad respect for staying in the music industry as long as you can because it's you don't make money you barely ever make money. If you know anyone in, the, in a band or in the music industry that gets a paycheck, that's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Because that shit barely happens. And that's the, that's the thing. I still don't mend my other job. with When I'm not touring, I'm just uh, I'm a key holder of Dollar General. It's just there's a, dis, there's a disconnect. I'm either touring on the road, when, and I actually make slightly more when I tour now than when I do my other day job. But when, that, when the tour's over, I still come back to my day job. And it's not that. I haven't been able to strictly just do the music thing because that's still that's still really really hard yeah. to do you know it fucks me up because like you know i make a little bit of money off of music i mean granted my day jobs in independent music so there's a steady paycheck there yeah and then as far as like psych stuff goes it's a little bit but where i make the most money is well the most money the fastest is djing really yeah hell yeah and that's really fucked up because the first time, <laughs> no, it no, I was actually really pissed off about this, and I'm also pretty sure. I, I actually I won't bring up his name, but anyways, I did a DJ event with yes. uh, a promoter 
in the city that people know. Okay. And this is like a promoter who as a band I have played shows for. I'm pretty you sure know, I have too. Sold so. it sold the tickets, you <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. gave him the money, you get your little, you know, two dollars per ticket or whatever. Yeah. You know, for like to play a half hour of music that you've wrote for years, like worked your ass off exactly. on selling those tickets was a pain in the ass. You know, it's yeah. a pain in the ass and you get a, a little bit of change. Mm-hmm. So I do an event with him as a DJ. I didn't have to sell any tickets. And I made probably like 10 times the amount of money. Yeah. To play other people's just music. Just DJ, yeah. Just a DJ. And I was like, what the fuck? That's how it would, like, that's how it works. That's part of the whole disgust that I get from, like, I was so pissed off. But at the same time, I was like, well. You should be glad you if used I could do, it to your. If yeah. I could do this more. I'm going to because... That's why DJs do that shit. They yeah. make money. They make way more than bands and stuff like that. It's fucking absurd. It's, thank you. That's one of the, the multiple reasons Really absurd. Where this industry is fucked on. It's so... You have to be so resilient. You have to... And I play a, I play a genre that isn't even popular. If I was playing... I get... Everyone always comes up to us and like, why don't you guys just make like a different project where you're playing like poppy stuff and you got a singer and you got a vocalist and people can latch on... And like, yeah, but there's no. I would say though that like, even though "Save Us from the Archon" isn't commercially digestible, you know, you're you've put yourself into like a smaller pocket, but you're really good at that. And I think that that is what a lot. I think that you know, just doing being really good at what you're really good at is what has given you the opportunities that you've had. It it has, but that's such a... Even I can look at it from the outside and be like, wow, it's really, that's really fucking weird. Like, the, re- the only reason we got signed, and um, it wasn't who we knew, it wasn't anything like that. I mean, we had toured a couple times, and that actually is probably what did it, is because all of our connects are from out west and stuff. Until you hit the west coast, it's really hard to get a name, but... um. Tommy, the 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 head of uh, Tragic Hero, actually contacted us just because um, he had heard our stuff, which which rarely ever happens, and he just really liked the music. And I was so happy to hear that, and that's why I love to work with these guys. It's because um, the, the label picked us up not because they thought they could sell X amount of records. They picked us up just because he heard it and he, and he enjoyed it. And that I, I don't know how often that happens. I really don't think that happens a lot. And um, I know personally for us, we did sell our per diem back on the contract. We made uh, he made his money back, but that was still a complete gamble on his part. Yeah, and um, and I respect that completely. I never thought that would happen, and I I consider myself very blessed for that. I still don't know how we made that happen. It's probably the touring. It was de- most definitely the touring. If I could tell any local bands or anyone how to get out there is a hundred percent touring and it sounds so cliche like oh you can't like stay in the same city and and people had said that to me and stuff and i was like yeah but the internet but they're so right about if you physically go out to, like i've met like herman lee i've met like ron jeremy i've met like, rid- <laughs> ridiculous like ron jeremy playing a harmonica in a bar <laughs> the rainbow lounge he loves that shit in la it's like i've you have to you actually have to just do it and as cheesy as because i know the internet exists i know you could you, you don't think you have to go out or you have to tour to do that, but that's how you actually meet people. Like, like the internet, forget that, but physically meeting people and shit like that has been probably the most thing I'm grateful for is just the ability to go tour. And yeah. I, I love doing that. I, 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 I now understand why no bands 
tour through Pittsburgh, or if anyone's ever noticed that Pittsburgh rarely gets hit on bigger tours and even smaller ones alike is because um, it just sucks. It just goes by numbers and polls and how many tickets you can sell. It sucks. And that's why pe- local bands have to sell tickets and shit is because otherwise you couldn't just promote that. Like Circa didn't even sell out Stage AE. I would like to point out. I just saw them the other day. Yeah. Circa couldn't sell out Stage AE. That's fucking ridiculous. Circa should have had that in the bag. It's because it's fucking Pittsburgh. That's why. If you would have put this same cap, 850, the Stage AE has on the indoor, moved it to another city that had, like, you know, more draw, it would have sold out weeks ago. But they didn't. That's weird to me. That's stuff like that. It's why I understand now why bands don't hit Pittsburgh. It's not... It's not financially viable. Another phrase I can't stand. <laughs> I think it, it's one of the things that kind of kills me being an independent artist here. It's you a know? bad place. I'm not. Gonna, <laughs> I'm from here too, man. I'm not gonna lie. It's a bad because I've gone to other. I've gone to El Paso where El Paso's music scene is like bumping. Like I've sold out places in El Paso, 500 caps. And I could never, ever do that in Pittsburgh. And I'm like, oh, this is so far from Pittsburgh. And it's like across the, the river from Juarez, Mexico. And uh, it's still always a great time. I love El Paso. Last time I was in El Paso, we got there so early. We got there at like 8 a.m. And we parked. The venue was like next to this hotel thing. So we like parked next to the hotel thing. And we're sleeping in the van. And then we like crashed this hotel's pool. And just ended up swimming in their pool and stuff. And then left. And then I got really day drunk. Because anytime I'm in El Paso, I really need to get day drunk. Like, <laughs> that, was like, that was like three weeks in. The last tour we did was we crossed the country four times. It started in California, uh, like on the beach of California. So we drove one shot. We drove from here to uh, the West Coast. Then we did a whole circle around the country and then drove back. Maybe four times across the country in under one month. And that's um, me and Devin are the only drivers. And I got to give it to Devin, our drummer. He is ridiculous he on the way home i would love everyone in the universe to know that he drove for 40 hours straight 40 hours straight oh that's rough yeah i offered several times i was like let's switch now at a certain point devin's that guy he's just so committed he's like we're we're just going and he did it devin can drive 40 hours in a row everyone i was out with Bethlehem two years ago and we went from orlando Back to Pittsburgh, and that's the longest drive I've ever done. That was like 22 hours. Yeah, that was about 20 hours, like 20 hours. That's rough. (laughs) Yeah, but 40 sounds absolutely insane. It's so bad. (laughs) It's it's so bad because you can't like you can't really you can sleep, and I I can sleep in in a shotgun seat of a van sitting up, which is what we have to do because we only have four seats for us, and then we pack everything else in the back of our van. Yeah. And it's so bad that my neck will, like, I'll get a sprain in my neck, and then it'll go away in, like, a week just because every night I have the same, like, sprain, and it's so bad, I don't think I can even feel my neck anymore. Uh, it's but too, it's, it's still like my that. My back it's, and neck are so fucked up. My back, too, man. I, li- I thought I had a hernia <laughs> the last tour I was on with, uh, we toured with Cianvar, and uh, my friend Sergio actually plays in uh, Stolos and stuff, Sheridan, he actually has a hernia from carrying his gear. It's a Buddha cab that he carries. Everyone, be careful when you carry shit. It will get you. <laughs> now, kind of let's 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 dig back into uh, creative process in the future, because you kind of mentioned like you know how, like sometimes like you kind of get to a point where you don't know what to do True. with what you guys are doing. True, and 
I can't even imagine because of like how meticulous the songwriting is for a band like Save Us from the Archon. It's like, how far can you push that to the extreme? Is it like a matter of like scaling back to push forward? Or do you really feel like there's room to still keep pushing the extreme? It's weird. Um it's it's different from I've I played guitar for a very long time since I was eight years old. And um it's a different when I write, it's a different thing than I feel like for most people. I, I might be wrong. But when I write, I, I know chords and stuff that I like, so I start with what I like. But what I can play exceeds what I want to play. There's some artists who can play to their ability, and that's what they do. I'm not playing to my ability ever. I'm always I, I can do X, X. I like to think, because I'm a dickhead, I like to think I can play anything. So that's where I, <laughs> so that's where my starting point is different, is I come in at it with a, oh, fuck, I can whatever I want to do. And that's and it's a really dickhead approach, but it's um, it actually makes me cut myself down. I, I don't like to use solos. I don't like guitar solos, for example. And um, then the next record that's coming out actually has, I put a solo purposefully in every song. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Thank you for the beer, by the way. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, main, I put a solo in every song, first of all, on the word of my manager. because they And they're right about that. That shit is popping off. I think solos are cheesy as shit. I still look at them as I love Maiden and I love I love guitar. I like solos. I still think they're cheesy. They all usually come across to me as like, this dude's beating his dick on guitar. He's I mean, wanking off. It depends. Off. It depends it does. on the situation. It really does. Plenty is a great example of a tasteful solo. So um, I wrote six solos for the new one. And that... So I wrote the songs, and that wasn't me writing to, like, I'm not trying to be, like, uh, Rings of Saturn, where they're just, clearly they're playing to their ability. That's the crazy, in half of that studio editing anyways. But uh, I don't want to do that. What? I would rather, <laughs> secret. <laughs> <laughs> but I would, I would rather write what I want to hear versus, like, I don't want to hear the craziest guitar riff ever. It's still not going to do it for me. I want to hear something that sounds... Pleasing. I like to. You want something with soul. You want something. That, Thank like... you. That's the word we've we've always separated ourselves from um, other shred bands or like instrumental bands of the sort. Who um, we've had people who tell us they get more of a nostalgic vibe, which I like. I can't say I really do anything particular to get that on purpose, but um, we I do write from from feel. I don't write from numbers, sure. or I, I still write from feeling. And um, the next record I'm more proud of on than anything. It's um, it's gonna be called Melancholia. It's a it's a sad album as most of my albums are, but it's an album that is a love letter to my depression, and it's different in that sense. And every single other album I've been, I've I've been depressed for years, and um, that's okay because I use it. I use it to draw the style, song titles that I can dr drag from, um, chord motifs. I'm sure come directly from me. Without me even realizing stuff like that, yeah. it's just being, being um, clinically depressed for this long, is um, it's put me in a place where I can I can get those voicings and I can get um, a melancholy feel, which is why the album's called Melancholia. It's just uh, melancholy is a word for a prolonged period of depression to where you no longer it's not like oh I'm sad today. It's more you spend so long that you're just like all right fuck it. And so it's a it's a love letter to my depression because I I gave up on blaming it for any of my problems. I gave up on saying I'm I obviously stay in my house because I don't like anything or 
anything at all. So I just stay in my house all day. And it perpetuates my my depression and stuff. But I I thank it on this next album. It's a love letter to it. It's like thank you for being a presence in my life that I could actually draw something from, no matter how painful it was, no matter that it had to come from an awful feeling. The results, it's I, I like to think it's um uplifting. So I've um I'm I'm done placing blame on my depression. I've sure. I've, I've taken ownership of it and actually on the next record thanked it for giving me something to draw from. I think that, yeah, I mean, you know, if you were somebody that was maybe more outgoing and, you know, like, I want to go hang out at the bar on the weekends and blah, 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 blah. (laughs) (laughs) You might not. Never had that thought. (laughs) I mean, you might not be in the position where you are now. I don't think I could write like I do. Yeah. I don't think, because the stuff I write comes from chords. No matter how many notes I throw in in between the chords, it's still chords that are conveying. They're all minor chords. They're all they're all sad chords. And um, no matter how many little fills I throw in between them, they're all still major sevenths or minor sevenths for the most. And they still convey that um, I want to wait with it. I don't want, like, a peppy, go lucky. I'm going to reference Polyphia's new stuff because it's so over the top and um it's it's very uplifting but it's very it's very happy and i i respect them they can they can be happy out it works for them they have they have a million fans now and that's fine but i still have to be honest to myself i can't write a really happy sounding totally progressive yeah. song because i would i'd be lying to myself i don't like that i don't i like to live in this misery that i've made for myself i enjoy it completely i, I love it i'm not like most people I no. don't, <laughs> i'm done blaming my sadness Dude, it's for anything. so weird because You know, like the past, uh, the last album that I put out, the last Sykes album that I put out was like beating myself into the ground Mm -hmm. harder than I ever had. Yeah. And then over the course of this past year, writing this new album, I'm like finding myself just naturally writing like more like arrogant kind of cocky songs. Yeah. yeah. Fun things. Yeah. And I was like, is this right? Like, should I be doing this? (laughs) This isn't like. This isn't dark enough, but I'm like, well, no, I guess this is just put where out I'm before, at now. But like, exactly, I'm, like, I'm in like my like. I just, I just I'm in. I'm just kind of like catering to where I'm at now. Like that's who I was then when I wrote those songs, and now like I'm feeling better about myself. So I'm gonna and write that's some awesome. kind of arrogant shit. That, thank you. It's okay. Just do your, just do yourself. It's gonna, it'll, it'll work. It's at least it'll be true. It might like I've we've never sold crazy amounts, but I've always been true myself and i under i'm glad if someone gets that and it might be a dark place it comes from but it's it's honest art. i think it's most important but the thing that sucks is kind of going back to uh competitiveness or numbers and business and blah 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 uh you know the casual listener who isn't behind the curtain or who isn't a musician or like a musician who's creating art consecutively um, it's really hard to understand that or to have that mind frame of like what the artist was going through when they wrote this or why they're writing songs like this. A lot of people don't care. Yeah. I'm sure there's a good bit of people who like Save Us from the Archon because the guitar's fucking sweet. Exactly. And it's crazy. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> that's it. I, yes. A hundred percent. Especially <laughs> people who see us live and have no context of what I name the songs or what I named them after, which is always been hyper personal to me yeah. which i've never understood how like how, like every album i could write about could be like about how i'm sad about a girl and like people could still get <laughs> people can get whatever they want from it so that's that's nice i'm really glad they don't understand fully 
how how dark of a person I am or how how much I love to throw my sadness into my for for people to for everyone to see it's like it's so blatant what I do it's so blatantly sad that even I understand that like this shouldn't be pop like nobody this shouldn't blow up like nationwide cuz not everyone's that accepting of of sadness and you, know, you if you sit at a bar and look all sad people are going to think you're weird I sit in my house and look all sad so that nobody has to have that thought about me. But uh-huh. he, but either way, I'm still like that. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hide. So I'm not gonna pretend like oh, I want to go out tonight. I just want to drink and party on the town. I've never said that to myself. It's always like I, I want to get fucked up, but I'm gonna sit in my basement and just you know watch weird Italian movies in black and white. <laughs> it's 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 that, and I I like that, and that's what I like to do. Kind of going back because I keep staring at uh, for those who can't see because this is an audio podcast. I still have uh, AJ's 14-year-old CD sitting on the desk here, uh, which was like... You My know, acoustic, acoustic emo. emo it was bullshit. If Secondhand Serenade was still popular, I would be famous by <laughs> Sure. And, I mean, obviously your musical progression kind of grew with your ability to play over the years. But, you know, do you have like... I mean, obviously, you know, you just want to go see Circus Survive. Yes. And you have like, which. Great show. They're fucking amazing musicians. I wasn't there. Oh, that's so good. But they're amazing musicians, very technical, but on a different level. And it kind of makes me question like, do you ever want to maybe write stuff that is more pop oriented, even if it's not for Save Us from the Archon? Do you work on stuff that's just kind of like in the background for yourself? I actually don't. <laughs> yeah? I could. It would be, and I will admit, it would be way easier. I could pump out tracks like this. For all these, like, five seconds or at a pop song. I understand I understand how to make a pop. I, um, it's just for me personally, there's no redeeming quality in that. Sure. I like to make something new. I like to, it's so hard to be unique today. And that's another thing about the music industry. Nothing is unique anymore. And it's, and that's my favorite part of it is that, okay, well, if nobody can sound unique anymore, how can I? And I still like to think that we do have a sound that is still people like Chon can, we sound like Chon kind of, but not. I think it's darker. Chon's Thank like you. way Ch- too like. Chon really popped it out. I got a lot. And it's they, just like, it's like a little bit they too. They have a different feel. It's like, like a little bit too like West Coast. Like we're in a good mood. Thank you. It's very West Coast. And I, and like, and I understand why that sells and that's why yeah. they popped off. Yeah. And I have to, I have to look at that. Is the, I have to literally look at that and be like, all right, maybe we should release an album called like, I don't know. X happy word or whatever they did. Because <laughs> my so my album titles and my song titles, I still I still write from myself and they're always I'm always dark and they're sad. And I'm sure maybe if I wrote them, if I made an album called Happy Thoughts, it would be it, maybe that would sell. But I don't think you would be but happy. I wouldn't. I couldn't do it. Dude, I, that's like I couldn't uh, goddamn do it. Not like, for all the money in the world. When I just you were talking about like you, like how it'd be easy for you to like write a pop song, but like you don't want to do it because you don't see any redeeming quality. That's like how I feel about me in like drawing and painting. Yeah. It's been so long since I've drawn anything or painted. I know damn well I still could. Oh yeah. And like I'm good. That's probably like the thing I was the best at out of anything I ever did. But I don't feel like I have anything different to bring to the world in terms of like my art. Like I could like go and replicate something that somebody else did. Yeah. But like I don't I feel like my even though like my technical aspects as a visual artist are more they're 
much stronger than me as a musician. I feel like I have a more unique voice as a musician. So that's kind of what I, pr- I just go towards that. And it definitely does. You're still one of the most unique rappers I've ever heard in my well, life. Well, thank you. No problem. <laughs> it's just it's just the struggle of getting um of getting anyone to latch on to well, anything. Dude, I mean, and like then, listening yeah. to like I mean, like like you're in for lack of a better words, you're in like a like a, a deep subculture of like rock slash metal music. Yeah, but people who listen to rock or metal are usually more upset, like accepting of like the deep subcultures. Yeah, being in like a weird bubble of rap or hip hop. Those people are not so accepting. They're not very accepting. <laughs> you either have, like, people who want, like, the most current sound. Yeah. Like, like what's trending? Like, what is the new thing this week? Mm-hmm. Or you have purists that don't give a fuck about anything that came out after 1995. Yeah, and I feel like you have the same thing going on <laughs> the we Doers. you know what they're doing. You could replicate that in five yes. seconds, and you could do that, and you could blow up. But you're in the same boat as we are, and you have artistic integrity, which is very rare to come across. And you'd rather do it your way and get recognition for that than sell out and get recognition from the masses. I mean, it's the thing is if I'm going to just give up who I am as an artist and just do whatever anybody else is doing, I'd be better off just putting on a fucking suit and a tie and getting some fucking office job making, you know, however many figures a year. Exactly. Because I'm going to make more doing that than being a musician. So if I'm going to give up who I am. Yeah. It's still that it's still that satisfying, and I know you feel the same satisfaction I do, as when you make something that you are happy with, and that's it. You're proud of it, and you're happy with it, and you want everyone else to see. One hundred percent. Yeah. And that's it. And I still do that. I still do that, especially on the next record. Um, last one I really didn't dig so much. This next one, I'm more proud of than anything with thematically, uh, compositionally. It will be it will be my finest, and even even the one after this, we're gonna like, we might you know go to all clean guitars, and we might do that sellout thing. We might throw a vocalist in. That's because I can't. Vocalist? Maybe I don't know. <laughs> it's at after this one because after this one, I can't. I've given. Well, I guess everything I can. That's kind of like what my question was like, 10, 20 minutes ago or whatever. Is like, how far can you push what you guys are doing? One more album. <laughs> on major record label release and that's the only reason why is because we have a label now to, but I'm, I've been super jazzed about that like um, I still get excited about stuff like this I didn't like last week for example I found out I have distribution through Target like they sell my CD uh, in Target really? online not in any uh, okay. goddamn store anywhere but online <laughs> I just, and I just found that out last week and I was like that's fucking sick I, I can't I couldn't have done that by myself I could have never done that by myself that's why I need people, and I think that was that's that was cool totally to that was just still I, I I just found that out. I've had the the album out for a year now, and I just still find that stuff out, and it still it still hits me hard. It's still crazy to me. It's not like oh cool yeah we we did that. It's just it's still like oh my god like I never thought I could have done that by this time. I never thought I could have, and um so that's that's why I've been slightly. That's why I haven't you know completely killed myself here in the midst of my. <laughs> Uh, massive depression that I live through most every night, but um, yeah, I've started using it, um, and that's why I wanted the next record to be so strong on the theme of um, it's okay to be that person who's weird and sad and doesn't say shit to anyone who sits in the corner. It's so okay to do that because you have another source to draw from. You don't have mm-hmm. to look at it like 
oh, I hate everything. I'm just going to moan about it. And you don't have to do that. You can, but you can draw from that. And um, that's just what I wanted to put forward. Totally. I like, I'm like trying so hard to get back into the bubble of just creating and not worrying so much about like the business aspects of it. It's but again, impossible to being, not, like, man. especially with me, like I'm handling everything, you mm -hmm. know, it's like the time that I have to like, just work on stuff, just like be here and work on stuff. It's so fucking rare. Whereas like, you know, rewind 10 years before Facebook, before all that bullshit. Yeah. And when I was just like young and naive. I was just pumping out shit all the time because that's all I wanted to fucking do. Exactly, exactly. And I just wish I could go back to that. I mean, granted, I did track demo vocals for three songs before you came over, and I worked an eight-hour shift today. So tight. See, so I've had a full day. Yes. We're okay. Like, I'm doing very, what very I can, but I still wish that I could do more. You're doing like, ten times more than anyone I've personally met in my entire goddamn life, and that goes across the board for any musician I've known. And toured with it's still you do ten times more than that, and it and I will always know that. Thank you. Hopefully, it'll it'll pan out. We'll keep pushing. That's yeah, all we can do. That's all I can do. That's all we can do. So what? I mean, you're working on a new full length now with Archon, and you're not doing any solo projects, but you could be the next pop superstar if you wanted to be. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out, Bieber. <laughs> um, uh, you said that you're not doing any film stuff. You're kind of like... Not currently. Uh, not to the level I could until I get like a dolly grip or like a uh, or like really technical stuff that I want that I could... Because um, I, I know what I want to do. I, I love films so much well, more I mean, than like, I know that like I remember like two years ago, I hit you up about doing a video. Yeah. And yeah. it never panned out because I think that, you know... Our lives just went on different tracks. We're just too far. You live in the city, man. <laughs> I'd still love to do a video for you. You live still... like 20 minutes away from me. I know. I don't... <laughs> Once, Twice a week, I'll leave my house. <laughs> That's it. But hey, no. May maybe we can set up a video. I'm still 100% down. I still have all my stuff. I'd say let's do it. You know? Like, I think I'm that so down. I'm not, I won't even show it to my manager. We'll just release it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't let you down. I would... You could tell me what you wanted, and I would give it. I got some freaky I ideas. Just, I, thank you. I just love working in film. It's such an audible. I like editing. The, edit, the yeah. best part of any film is the editor. The editor never gets credit. The only reason you enjoy what you just fucking watched was the editor. Yeah, the director gets directors get too much credit. Way a lot too of much time. credit, and it depends on which director. I'm real specific about directors. Some directors edit their own stuff. Yeah, like a... Uh, Robert Rodriguez, I think, edits all of his own films. He originally did when he started with, like, El Mariachi and shit like that. Uh, he made El Mariachi on $7,000, which is ridiculous. Which for, I, think for, he, I think he cut Sin City, too, didn't he? Uh, he, he was probably well, in the room. He was credited, maybe. He's, he's one of those directors who loves to be hands-on with his stuff. He's, yeah. he's like you with your arts. Um, except Rodriguez has a million people who could do everything, but he's still, that's what makes him, I li I respect the shit out of Rodriguez because he's still, even though he has, he could pay anyone to edit that shit, but he would still rather be in there himself. Yeah. And that's, he's one of the directors of today that I still respect. Tarantino, I respect, even though he rips the shit off of everything ever. Yeah, I kind of like, I've got, I mean, I think there was a time when I was like really into Tarantino. And then you watched old movies and we're like, oh. Dude, it's like listening to some bands, like, like, I was, like, super fucking into, like, you know, Daughters? Yeah, yeah. I was like, man, this is so fucking cool. Yeah. Until I found, like, 
Nick Cave and birthday party and all this old like post punk stuff. And I was like, yeah. And like the Melvins, I'm like, oh, it's this in context. Is, yeah, and you're, just, this you just found a fucking Melvins record <laughs> before other people did, and then you like, this is what I'm gonna do. That's Tarantino. He yeah, uh, every movie he's made, I don't, people don't even realize this. Everything he's ever done is a remake. Kill Bill, yeah. is a, Kill Bill is a remake of Lady Snowblood, a 1968 Japanese film from back then. Inglorious Bastards is a remake of a film called Inglorious Bastards. The only original film Tarantino did was The Hateful Eight, which, uh, did you catch that one? Yeah. That's true. I, I enjoyed it. I liked I it. I love the shit fun, out of it. Yeah. It was a slow burn, but I like slow burns. Me too. I still like Tarantino um, for his stuff, but once again, it's like, if you're a movie snob, like I consider myself. I, perf- and you- I prefer a slow burn over like a movie that moves too fast. Yeah. It depends like, on the mood for Like me. the new Star Wars movies, like... I didn't see Rogue One, but I saw I saw episode seven. I mean, both much, they, but they both just like move too fast. Like I like them; they're fun to see in a theater. But yeah. I I'm not. I probably won't buy them and watch them at home. Yeah, it's it's a it's for that theater thing, and even Star Wars can't get undiluted by you know the world. Even yeah, though J.J. I mean, Abrams could direct it's like, it, it's Rogue okay. One is good, but it's just like it's like a candy bar. Exactly. It's like, yeah, like, do you want to eat this fucking cookies and cream bar? You're like, hell yeah, I do. Because <laughs> it's eat sweet it, and it's appealing and at the enjoy time. It, but then, like, you're not going to, like, there's no lasting much effect. About it. Exactly. Yeah, there's no life changing shit. <laughs> exactly. I tend to go towards the, and this is once again only me being a movie snob. I like the, um, uh, it's like super, I'm really into Italian uh, 60s existentialist films from like Antonioni and Fellini. And um, uh, Pe- Pe- I can't even say his name. Petri, he made this film. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Italian and I couldn't uh, squeak out his name. He made this film called I Knew Her Well, and it's so. Um, their films are so audaciously, like, painfully obvious to their point, which is either minimalism or surrealism. Which I love, I love films so much because of the surreal aspect. Any surreal director, I'm in love with Fellini, David Lynch, uh, in American crowds would be the most surreal. Uh, the sense of realism where you could tell it's fake on purpose. This is one of my favorite things. Cronenberg kind of touched with that, but Cronenberg was always like deeply rooted into um into reality that he like fucked with yeah. with his body horror, which I still love Cronenberg and I, even Existence is one oh, of my dude, favorite I, films. Like, one of, I have a video drum poster in the bathroom. That's why I love it. I still want to steal <laughs> that every time I come over here. I'm like that would go. I've so had nice that video drum poster forever. For like three houses ago. Yeah, yeah. I, saw, I remember it in there in your old house in Squirrel Hill where <laughs> yeah. you lived above the barber shop, and I saw that and was like. That movie's sick, and I was like, when I was like 15, I didn't even know shit about film, but I was like, I like that movie. But now I've like watched Cronenberg's work, and I, my favorite's post. Dead Ringers. I love Dead, Dead Ringers. Dead Ringers is good. So sick. Jeremy Irons playing like two people at once. Uh-huh. It's insane, but um, yeah, film is just crazy. I still, I collect the Criterion collection. It's probably the most boring thing I've said this whole time, but like I collect old movies. Dude, you gotta have that triple Brazil set. Um, I, I don't have the triple one, because it's a little <laughs> I already have the director's cut of Brazil. I love Gilliam. Yeah. Gilliam's I, I a have, G. I have the triple Brazil set. On Criterion? Yeah. Oh, you guys <laughs> one, one of the few I did want, but uh, yeah, the director's cut was enough for me. I love Brazil. That well, movie the funny is thing amazing. is that when I bought that, it was at a time where it was like the only financial viable way to acquire that movie. Oh, yeah. If you want the right cut, yeah. Because <laughs> when they released it in theaters, it wasn't Gilliam's yeah. cut. It was some. It was cut down to like an hour and a half. It was like the, sure. the love, something like love version or something like yeah. that. Like the 90-minute version. They shouldn't cut Gilliam. Gilliam's a genius. He's a yeah. mad genius. He's been... I love most most all of his work. Uh, Time Bandits is probably my favorite from him. Time Bandits is the shit. Just because it's so it's so ridiculous. Like, Gilliam's that guy who got into Hollywood 
Hollywood and wants to waste all of their money. Like he's he's ba- he's almost bankrupted. Like every single film he does, uh, Munchausen, like all every yeah, single Baron one. Of, Munchausen. That, that film almost didn't get made. That oh, was yeah. like that bankrupted like United Artists or some shit like that. But <laughs> but he's that guy. I love that shit. He was in Hollywood and he just used everything possible. He got he was a creative mind who got in there and he did his thing. I love him for it. Mm-hmm. He's a great guy. Yeah, man. I feel like I've uh, watched. I feel like I, I think I watched Time Bandits recently. Um, fuck, Fisher King. Have you ever seen the Fisher King? I have. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, Robin Williams yeah. and uh, the dude from Big Lebowski. Uh, that yeah, movie is a weird one. I haven't watched Jeff it in a while. Jeff Bridges. Yeah, I have it. I need to watch it. I know. I try to go through like a, you know, like a steady Gilliam cycle. I have a lot of his films. Gets whimsical. Um, if you watch all of his films back to back, your sense of reality gets oh, yeah, like, it's oh, so it's gone. Up. But yeah, I think The Fisher King's the one that I haven't watched the most recent. So I think I do need to watch that. I did enjoy that one. It was definitely rooted in reality and it had um, it has Robin Williams and probably one of his best performances, albeit a one hour photo, which I really liked. Um, but yeah, rest in peace. one hour photo is another photo. I is another photo, another film I haven't seen. <laughs> In a it's, while, it's a dark one. If you want to keep your good, yeah, I like, have it. I have it. So. You keep your. Oh, it's one of those ones it. you bought and haven't watched. Yeah. I have like no, I, no, I, I've watched it, but I haven't watched it in a while. Okay, so. yeah, I, I've only seen. I have like fifteen hundred DVDs at this point. I've only seen like eighty percent of them. I'll admit, and I'll still go back and rewatch like other ones. Before, yeah, yeah, it's just like you can't. I have to be in the right mood to watch like the weird shit. I'm usually in a slow burn mood. I'm the type but, of person like if I if I if I could pick something up with a good deal. I'll yeah. get it, but it just might take me a while to get around. That's to actually okay. <laughs> That's so okay. I actually, still, taking it in. You know? I paid like thirty dollars for fl- uh, fresh for Frankenstein, which is actually a. Um it's a really old, like, uh, Andy Warhol produced that movie, and that's why it cost $30, because out of print and shit. I still haven't watched it. I know it's a great horror movie. It's a gist. It's Andy Warhol doing horror or whatever. Uh-huh. But I, I still haven't watched it. I paid $30 for that shit. And that's <laughs> like, that hurts me that I don't have enough time to, like, go back and, you know, get my money's worth. But Well, hey, fuck it. Speaking of time, we just hit one hour. No Which way. means we are fucking done. Unless you want to keep going. What, was, you got anything else great. you want to drop? Nope. <laughs> we'll drink more beer <laughs> yeah totally well th- dude thanks for coming over thank you for having me more man. of course nobody asked me stuff this is the first i've got to talk about my new album i'm very excited about it so nice. uh, thank you for asking me the stuff man yeah i am always excited to see my friends grow and keep pushing stuff and getting stuff out it's there even better to see old friends still at it like i am which is crazy because we will be at it Oh, yeah. Silly die. I have nothing else to do. I have nothing else to do. <laughs> I cry in my basement or do this. So, so yeah. yeah. I guess, you know, we'll we'll hang out and blah, blah, blah. And I don't know. Whatever. Hope you enjoyed. I did. And we are done. <laughs> was an hour? And that is all, folks. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. AJ is awesome dude it's always great to catch up with him i need to catch up with the rest of the gang soon it's been a while since i've seen him but yeah uh if you are around the country somewhere and you get a chance to see them play make sure you do it it's always a phenomenal show keep an eye out for their new album whenever that happens 
and they have plenty of music already available. Go check it out. There's links in the conversation below. And yeah, I'll be back again next week with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. 2017. Woo! Woo! Thanks for listening.